Welcome back to Passing Time with Craig. As always, I'm your host, Craig. And uh, today I'm very excited. I probably say that all the time, but this one I know is going to be... It's going to be ridiculous and fun, and I'm so happy because this person always makes me laugh. Uh, please welcome Melody. Hey. Hello. You are always excited. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I can vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you ever at any point like nervous? Was today like, you? oh, I'm going to go to Craig's apartment. Is there just going to be photos of me up on the wall? Yeah, and he's not excited at all. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, actually, you have lovely artwork up in here. I Thank was uh, going to comment on it before when I first yeah. came in, but it's it's good. Thank you. It's fun. Yeah. I didn't do those, but... <laughs> right. I think it's weird to hang your own art on the yeah. wall. Like, you know, unless you do like a paint night that you're very proud of. Yes. But, yeah. I have never done a paint night. Have you ever done a paint night? I have not. No. W- no w- spare time. <laughs> no spare time. You don't have any spare time. Like, hardly. I am surprised <laughs> that you and I managed to find a time to get together. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And we booked it a few weeks out. And then I was like, this random Wednesday, I don't seem to have anything. And then I was like, oh, my God. As it like came to today, I was like... I really don't want to cancel, but I was just like, today I could have just like stayed home, yes. but I chose to spend it with you. Well, yeah. I appreciate I that. I wouldn't miss it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you were just so freaking talented. Uh, uh, you always are so sweet to say so. Well, it's true. And I want to just get right into it. Like, when did you decide that you were into music and you wanted to perform? Like, it's just an honest mistake. Like, very, <laughs> very early on. Someone's uh, going to catch you at this point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, like, I grew up with a very musical family. And, you know, it's something that was just, it was something we always did. And so, like, it wasn't necessarily a choice, you know, actively that I made. It's just kind of like what I became yeah. good at. And, you know, my parents definitely, like, you know, supported making this terrible life choice yeah. <laughs> um and you know pursuing a, <laughs> a field of employment that is so you know volatile and don't you hate when you have the support of parents uh, in that world it's like no yeah. make me be a lawyer <laughs> yeah and i was like a lot of and a lot of people have that where you know they're guilted into doing some something else that doesn't fill their uh fill their soul so yeah, yeah. there's there's pictures of me you know as a like four-year-old I think on like standing on a chair because the little old ladies at the nursing home couldn't see me at the front uh playing my accordion because my grandma used to pimp me out to all of her uh, (laughs) old lady friends uh and because accordion was actually my first instrument really yeah it's my favorite well like one of my favorite party tricks for sure I mean you don't see that a lot and you were you were four yeah <laughs> Did somebody in the family have an accordion? Yes. Oh, okay. we have many. There's <laughs> like, there's many accordions. Four year old is yes. like, that's the one. And what parent is then like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, there's probably yeah, it doesn't happen a lot unless no. there's just one literally lying around. So okay, accordion, guitar, is that? Uh, theater organ was another fun one while I was working at National Music Center. That's right. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah, piano was like technically my like. It is technically my most proficient instrument, which then gives you like other keyboard instruments like accordion and organ, right. obviously. Um, yeah, vocals, uh, bass guitar, and you know, I dabble with with other things for fun. Yeah. I can play a lot of instruments. I just am not like a master of all of them. Right. So, yeah. Could you do the whole seven, ten instruments on you, <laughs> drums and like? The theater organ was kind of a version of that. And like I do often with my like shaker foot, you know, if I'm playing solo guitar where I'm singing and playing and then I have like, um, I do have a like drum kick pedal 
um, and then a shaker for one foot. So like I do, I can multitask quite yeah. well. Uh, so I try to make that work, but nice. it, yeah, depends on the scenario and how like, uh, yeah, how much of a like, <laughs> you know, spectacle you want to be. Yes. <laughs> do you want to take me seriously as a musician or are we just here to <laughs> have a nice time at the farmer's market? Yeah. You know? Well, is it, when you first started to sing and play an instrument at the same time, was that difficult to get into that mindset or was it really quick and easy? It actually was like, cause I played piano for so long. Um, like primarily I, it was never an instrument that I sang with. Right. And because I did so much like classical music, it just wasn't something that I like had started doing together. And then when I was 15, I found my mom's acoustic guitar in her closet and I was just like oh what's this about so I started like I taught myself guitar and I was like oh yeah like fuck piano like (laughs) guitar is the way to go because I could play like music that I like to listen to I could play popular music and so when I started playing that instrument I was singing with it you know like initially um whereas I never really did that as much with piano so I do still find it a bit of a struggle to like sing when I'm playing like piano because I never, like I spent so long playing it without singing. Whereas guitar, it was just like a natural fit to do them simultaneously. So young Melody discovers guitar. Mm -hmm. Um, What, who were some of these artists that were inspiring you or that you were singing? Oh, like Fleetwood Mac for sure. Like that was some of the like first, you know, even before I could play like full chords on guitar, I was just like kind of playing like little one note, like bass lines almost yeah. along with it and just like playing along with the songs that I'd like to listen to. And like once I started getting better at, at acoustic guitar and like learning Joni Mitchell songs and she has a lot of really interesting tunings and like delving into to some of that like material. Um, yeah, always been a like super fan of the 70s. Yeah. And just like, I don't know, that's always I been mean, the music that I come back to. We just had Joni Mitchell first time performing the Grammys at 80 years old. Can you believe that she's <laughs> never been on the Grammys before? Uh, <laughs> just watch. Like, that has a what whole What have you people been doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you have that that person who is just so iconic. Mm-hmm. And like, you think about Fleetwood Mac, like, just just monsters they're still you you play those songs i mean and i think a couple years ago that like whole tiktok (laughs) trend but it's crazy to me that the there are these songs that uh just keep going yeah and these artists that people just love yeah they can spend you know time basically forever and i really wonder some of the songs like you know a lot of the other like amazing songs that were even you know nominated uh, on this year's Grammys, like how many of those in 50 years from now are going to still be slaying? Oh, yeah. Right? That are going to resurface and people are like, oh, yeah, I love this one. Yeah. Like, is anyone going to remember them? Because I hardly knew any of them. Like, yeah. I'm so out of the loop with new music. Like, watching the Grammys, I was just like, oh, this is what we're like into, unless yeah. it's like Miley Cyrus or, you know, um, Billie Eilish. Like, you know, I'm pretty out of the loop unless it's like very mainstream, like pop stuff. Yeah. I'm the person who, I'm um, like, this is a great example. I'm like, have you heard that uh, Call Me Maybe song? It is so good. I think she's going to be. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, that's been a big hit for like a year now. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just a year? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit longer than that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not too familiar with that. So because I just keep mm-hmm. going back to it. Like, and growing up, 
my dad didn't care that he had five kids in the vehicle. He was listening to his music. So right. I grew up listening to like Led Zeppelin, George Thorgood. Like I had those people were just instilled in my head. And then mm-hmm. I've got three older siblings. And so I was listening to their music because I've got friends a few years older than me that are confused that we have similar interest in music. But right. I was listening to what they were listening to. And then I, uh, we lived in Victoria at the time and we'd come out uh, visit our cousin's farms in the summertime. Then I was listening to country music. So then I was getting to know and mm-hmm. fall in love with Shania Twain and Garth Brooks and everything. Right. And so when I listen to my music on my phone, it is pretty much people, nothing past 2005. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I often have people, you know, when I'm playing, when I'm doing cover songs in as part of my set that are, you know, more obscure, like 70s ones, like, uh, I had a lot of fun last summer playing at a lot of the like local farmers markets. And at first I was like, Oh, they don't have a huge budget. Like it might just kind of be, you know, more work than it's worth. But where it ended up making up for it was just like the kindness and the like actual interest of people who were going there. I felt just so like welcome, you know, all the vendors were so kind and I got so many like generous gifts from you know vendors who were just like yeah sure have this jar of jam like oh. you know we really enjoyed listening to you and it's like i was like i will absolutely take like farmer's market tips oh my god like yes. <laughs> forget about the cash like you want to tip me with a jar of jam 100 percent, i will like enjoy that more than like more than anything i wonder if i can go to the farmer's market and just start asking trivia questions <laughs> good um but it was a lot of like and i did start playing just some of the songs then that i was like what is a farmer's market set yeah like what's really gonna slap at a you know at a local little you know center of a park yeah uh and so i'd play some more obscure ones and there was this guy who came up and he was like you're playing a stampeders song and i was like yeah i mean he was just like so surprised that i knew it and that i knew it so well to be able to you know whistle the solo and like he was just, you know, people are always surprised that someone so young is a fan of older music in that way. And I was like, well, like, why, why not? Yeah. And like anyone who doesn't know the song, then they maybe just think it's like, you know, original or don't pay attention <laughs> or whatever. But I was like, then I could, you know, with a little bit lower pressure at some of those gigs, I could just choose whatever I wanted yeah. to to kind of pursue and it was fun that way and then to still have so much like public interaction with it of just like oh you're playing like the real like seasides not even the b-sides like some of the seaside hits and i was like i wasn't really expecting anyone to even recognize it but it was nice when they did well and it's probably something along the lines of uh especially something like the farmer's market where your people are just there and uh oh cool there's a local musician probably gonna you know play all the real classics or play their original stuff that i'm might find good, but I'm not fully paying attention to. Yeah. But then hear that song of these deep cuts and you go, oh my God, like I haven't heard that forever. Yeah. I used to love that song. Like, and like no one wants to hear Wagon Wheel again. Like this is my <laughs> public service announcement for like, stop, just don't. Like if that's the song, don't. There's other songs. There's so many songs. <laughs> what, are some, what are some of the other songs that you're like, this needs to put an end to? <laughs> oh boy. Um... Like, I know them when I hear them, and, like, (laughs) you know, there's there are just those, like, musician jokes, too, where you go to an open jam, and, like, I mean, you know, like, Wonderwall, and, like, there's the, like, classics that even, you know, if you're not in the music scene, like, you know that it's a cliche to go to an open jam and play it, (laughs) Um, but... Yeah, there's there's a whole list of, you know, ones that anyone in the industry is like eye rolling like full 360 if you're 
if you're playing it. But yeah, I mean, I feel like those are more for when you get those corporate gigs where they're just you play what the people want to hear. Yeah, then yeah, yeah. And I try to like do that, but just like a little bit left of center, you know, and uh, throw some in that they're like okay, but not not too not too on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> So I've seen you perform several times uh, down at Bourne Brewing, for example, mm-hmm. and you've done a few breweries and farmer's market. What is it about those more like kind of more intimate settings, less people like what is it about that that's fun? I mean, I do like connecting with people. Sometimes the breweries are tricky for that because, you know, people aren't always there necessarily to actually partake in, you know, watching a show. And they're just like, I came here for a beer and then some woman's singing in the corner (laughs) incessantly. Um, You know, so it's, I have to be, you know, understanding of that. Um, There are like smaller shows like I did the Rocky Mountain Folk Club um, this past fall. And like, that was a very like intimate, like the, sometimes it almost throws me off when people are too focused, oh. <laughs> right? Where it's, it's just like, there's no just medium between like everyone just talking at a brewery and giving zero fucks about what I'm doing. Yeah. And then everyone just silently like hands folded in their lap, like making full eye contact. And I'm just like, oh God, like they are looking at the very intricacies of my soul. <laughs> Like it's, it's almost like throws me off because I'm used to have, I'm used to having to like, um, you know, try for the attention. And if they're just giving it to me, I'm like, cool, great. What do I do with this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but like, it is about making connection with people and just like, um, it's, it's fun to play off of people. And that's why I really enjoyed comedy. Um, you know, is to just have that kind of back and forth and it's fun to just like, have a bit of unpredictability and even in you know my solo like singer songwriter stuff like there's a comedic element because i'm playing a lot of times really like emotional and melancholy music and then i'm just like and then in between it's time for a nice little uplifting joke (laughs) to cleanse everyone's palate uh and then we'll get back into you know some songs about you know love and heartbreak and blah 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 um but if there's yeah if there's not, if, if it is a noisy brewery and I'm just kind of playing in the corner, then I'm just kind of in my own little bubble and I'm not actually getting out there to, you know, like engage with anyone. Right. And so it's just kind of, you know, there's a lot of different factors to that. Right. What, and speaking of connection and music, like that's just, music can bring out so much emotions with people. Um, for me, like I love movies. Movies are my life. And there's songs that I hear and make me think of a movie and it mm-hmm. makes me feel about certain ways, whether it's, um, you know, the first time we see a dinosaur in Jurassic Park or from one of my favorite movies, The Big Chill, and just these like serious moments about reconnecting with old friends. But that's just it with music is that they can bring out all kinds of emotion. Um, are you ever surprised sometimes when you're singing a song and there might be a stronger like emotional reaction, like, tearful (laughs) yeah for sure and like yeah you gotta like pick and choose your moments and um like i play quite a bit at the king eddie for their like uh songwriter saturdays like they do a brunch special uh and then have someone there midday that's an ideal time to be doing a gig by the way like no staying out past nine (laughs) like if i can play from 11 30 a.m to 1 30 p.m and then just have the rest of the day it's ideal um, but there's like a lot of people do come there for that like listening room. Yeah. And so they, they do actually want to 
engage with you and actually like hear the stories that you're telling between the songs as well. And that's one of the few venues that I actually, like I wrote a song about my dad passing away a few years ago. And when I wrote the song, finally, like it was, you know, a bit of like, there was a lot of nostalgia in it and a lot of things that meant a lot of things to me, but that I didn't think would necessarily translate to someone else's experience. Right. Right. So a lot of times as a songwriter, I'm trying to just like take my experience, but make it, you know, broadly appealing and like use some things that like everyone can find a way to relate to. But that song was just a bit like, I just did whatever I wanted with it and I didn't overthink it. I was like, this is for me, this is for him. And like, I didn't try to, you know, appeal or like market it and make it a three minute and 20 second radio (laughs) single. You know what I mean? Um, And so the King Eddie is one of the few places that I do actually play it. And it totally depends on like what the vibe is that day. Um, But I do like to play it every so, uh, every so often. And like I've had, I've just cleared like every single table not a dry eye in the house right and like even working up to it like i'm giving the intro and i'm giving people a little bit of like insight of to like what it means to me and like what i wrote uh, what i wrote it about uh and then like watching people's reaction where i think that like i i'm not tender to the song anymore and that i can't actually play it like without having an emotional reaction but then i see everybody else having one i'm like oh no like (laughs) we're going down (laughs) we're going along with them uh so like you know, some rooms like that, like it can be really difficult playing those songs or like, you know, songs that have written about a breakup or songs that have those like emotional attachments, um, you know, or even happy songs that I have a really good memory of, you know, some festival that I played it at and like the amazing view that I had on stage, like, right. Those songs can just like bring you back to that that place in that time every time you play it. So when I write a song about a breakup, then I have to relive that breakup okay. song every time that I play the song again. So like, <laughs> it's it's almost better to just have everyone else's like emotions. Song. Yeah. <laughs> get on the bus, please, like come along with it. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I ask a trivia question about my ex, <laughs> nobody seems yeah. to know the answer. Right. <laughs> the answer is they're a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Even he doesn't know the answer. Yeah. yeah he doesn't. That's no. why we're exes. <laughs> uh this is okay this is what i love about you is uh so many things but your comedy and you're just so much fun to get along with when did you decide to be on stage without instruments and without a song and do comedy like that one definitely happened by accident like the you know my my former project the dirty show was was an accident right never like planned on that happening like you know, we were both musicians who just like to dick around and yeah. just have fun. Um, and that's how a lot of those like silly and like obscure musical comedy songs like came into, you know, play. Yeah. And then we just had to kind of create this side alias because our professional musician like personalities, like that was just a bit too, you know, like <laughs> it was a lot <laughs> it was a lot so like it couldn't all fit within that one hat right we had to just like have something else right it was really fun as a side project that way to just have a different way to express you know myself and just totally there wasn't the same kind of pressures of yeah 
like I mentioned the, you know, three minute and 20 second, you know, radio single, like there, we just didn't feel the same kind of pressure for music. Yeah. And so it was a lot more freedom, like in the writing process too, of just like, it didn't matter. We didn't have to follow any of the like songwriting rules or like, you know, we didn't overthink it. And then once we started overthinking it, that's when we ran out of songs. Yeah. Cause then we're just like, okay, well, have we talked about every like sexually, you know, explicit topic out there and I don't think we had but then it was just like there was a bit of just like with not society changing but just like how you know like PG everything had to be or like you know we had some like really questionable material if you didn't know who we were right where like we were just really trying to make fun of everyone we made fun of ourselves more than anyone else and so we were just trying to bring like a a lightheartedness to a lot of topics uh and there was a big like possibility of it being misconstrued if you didn't have the context of like who we were and what our intentions were right which was to just be silly and stupid and so that's where we really started kind of overthinking stuff because we didn't want you know, there's enough, like, it's really fun. Like, it's really easy to make fun of myself as a queer person. Yeah. But there's enough people making fun of queer people that we don't need it to be, you know, flipped uh, on its head the wrong way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there was, like, there was a margin of error that we started getting into with just everything having to be a bit more, like, PC. Otherwise, you're just totally, like, misinterpreted. Yeah. Well, and it's so tough, too, because... You have these people in the audience and, um, you know, some of them are queer, some of them aren't. And you have the people who then think they're okay, who aren't queer people. They might be allies, but they don't realize that by them saying these jokes and saying it to the wrong person, mm-hmm. no. like It's like, <laughs> I can say it. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can say it. I've, like, I've invested a lot of money uh, to, you know, look this gay. Yeah. Uh, I can say it. Yeah. Um, which is often what I say on the phone to people. I had a, uh, when I was calling to switch my like insurance over, yeah. and, um, I wanted to add my partner to the policy and you know, the woman's going through and she's like, okay. And what's your husband's name? And I was like, Oh, surely if you could see how gay I am, I know we're just on the phone, but if you could see how gay I am, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't ask me what my husband's name was. <laughs> Uh. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, comedy just kind of it it happened just because I like to joke around, yeah. and you know, I I don't like to take things too seriously, and I feel like my email voice is not as funny sounding as I am <laughs> in real life, and so you know, I always feel like I'm coming off as a bit of a dick when I'm just like making a very short like you know. I hate writing emails. Oh, and I'm like, okay, if you don't know me, like you probably think I'm an asshole. Yeah. But like if you do, like, yeah, there's no context for yeah. that. But um I don't know if I you know, pursue comedy and like the performing without an instrument um as much like I, I have done it and like I can do it to some degree of, yeah. of success and like that cowboys um uh fundraiser that I did, like I was doing kind of Kind of a, an abridged, like, MC slash, like, you know, opener yeah. like, com- comic act for that. And, like, it's fine. 
but it doesn't bring me the same kind of like joy as music does when I'm doing it. So like I can do it kind of as a fun hobby, but again, like hobby, like when, yeah. When I'm like, is this a night I can stay in as if I'm going to go to some open mic comedy night? Like, ugh, I just, yeah, want to make an imprint on my couch and yeah. live happily ever after. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. yeah. Sunday, I had a private trivia for someone's birthday party that I did in the afternoon. And I got home about like six and I was like, I don't want to do anything. I was like, I can just be on my couch. I'm just going to be lazy. Tried to go to bed early, and then I was up at like 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> no. Yeah, there's lots of nights that, you know, take me outside the house. And that I, I do love it. Like, I, I love the, you know, the, the engagement with people going out and, like, having fun at events. But I also am a very big homebody. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a nice blend when I'm, like, forced to go out because I'm like, ugh, yeah, I booked this thing, like, three months ago thinking that I'd want to go out tonight. Yeah. Uh, and now it's snowed and I don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a – I'd rather have it that way than, like, a, a nine-to-five that uh, yeah. I, I can't even yeah. – I couldn't even imagine. Well, I wouldn't – have you ever had it too – some of those gigs, I'm like, oh, why did I take this? I wish I didn't. I wish I had it off. And I go to it, and it turns out being one of the best crowds, and I just have so much fun. The staff working the event is so cool, and – yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, well, this was a nice surprise. It's nice to be surprised that yeah. way. And like, I try to just like limit my expectations because then sometimes I can be a bit, you know, disappointed if it doesn't go the way that I think it's going to for whatever number of factors. Yeah. Either it's just like, yeah, you have a snowstorm. I had a gig um, booked during that like minus 40 cold snap. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, who is coming out to this? And I was just like, can I even get my guitar to the venue without it like freezing and being very unhappy with, you know, it's tuning when it's minus 45. Yeah. Uh, and there was people there. She's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, I didn't want to come. Like I was this close to just wanting to cancel. Cause yeah. I was like, who is going to come? I'm no just going to be there no one's coming. playing to the restaurant, like staff. Yeah. Um, but they were happy to have the company and then people actually came. So some, you know, you know, you just never know what's going to, what's going to happen. So it's nice to be pleasantly surprised. It is. Uh, This is going to sound really stupid, but can guitar, like is cold bad for the guitars? Like even just like taking it in your guitar case from like a building to a car. Like when it's that cold, like the temperature does affect it because part of it's made with wood. Most of it's made out of wood uh, and some of it's made out of metal. So they, you know, contract and expand Uh. at different uh, rates and just like, yeah, anything like kind of delicate and wooden can really just react to to a change in temperature quite drastically. Uh, and so then when it's adjusting to the new room temperature, like if it gets, you know, a little bit cold in my car as it's riding around, uh, and then you bring it into a warm temperature as it's like readjusting to the room temperature, then I just have to keep retuning it all the time because uh, the strings are metal right. and the body's wood. And so it just can give you a little bit of a, a headache that way and i mean if you let it get cold enough the top can crack and yeah can just run into a whole other host of host of things oh, glue doesn't yeah. love freezing <laughs> like the you know the glue that's yeah. holding the body together doesn't love freezing and wow yeah. i don't like freezing either like same, <laughs> same. <laughs> i'm really <laughs> my buddy spencer today asked me he's like oh if you weren't like 
If you didn't live in Calgary, you could live in any city. It was like, somewhere warm. <laughs> Just, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't want to take, like, the summer for granted. Right. And I think that's maybe what I would do if it was just like, I feel a lot of like change in productivity based on what the seasons are up to. Yeah. So I feel like the, like the, the seasons do help me keep kind of on track for parts of my life that I think that if it was just the same temperature, like I wouldn't be as motivated, like in the summer, like I am out every day, like for a walk or to oh, do yeah. something. I am like, you know, I'm heavily motivated to be outside. Um, to just take advantage of it because i'm like there's only like three or four months of this so like get outside go camping go hiking do the things um whereas i know like in winter then when i'm bitching about it being cold i can just stay in for a bit and just do some other creative projects that i absolutely do not do (laughs) in the summer when i'm out doing other stuff so it kind of helps me keep on track that way that's that's a good way of looking at it i Mm -hmm. like that um okay so people listening what do you want people to know about the music scene here in Calgary? Hmm. I mean, there's like, the music scene here is great. It is, but people don't, I don't think everybody knows it. Right. Um, like it's, it's really diverse. There's, you know, a whole range and like gamut of different types of like events and productions. And it's, is also like small enough that you can, you know, know people and big enough that it can actually attract some like amazing artists to come through and make it worthwhile, you know, on their, on their stops. Um, Calgary has such a great, like such a great venue scene. Like there's just so many places and even unusual places that are just like pop up, you know, spaces. Yeah. And like, it's almost like being on an insider club a little bit. And there's so many places that I end up at that, you know, the general population doesn't even know about. And it's like, well, get on the, get on the list (laughs) and like go out, do some stuff. You know, there's great events. Like, um, have you been to any of the Prairie Emporium, uh, events like the Blue Jay sessions? I've been once and it was super cool. It's like such a cool little spot. You know, it's like this vintagey, you know, um, I don't know, like fancy grandma's basement on one side of a motorcycle shop. Yeah. And they just set up, you know, this amazing songwriter circle in the center of it. And it's so casual. It's not the same vibe as like a stage and an audience, you know, like the performers are just literally in this circle in the center of everything. And yeah, like sometimes you've got the performers like back to you, but you can see three of the other people. Um, cause they usually have like, you know, four performers every, yeah. every night in the little circle. And I don't know, it's just like such a unique thing that so many people that I talk to don't know about, but it's like such a, such a cool spot. It's such a cool place. They do like really unique, um, like cocktail lists and it's a different like kind of theme for each one. Yeah. And yeah, it's just a, a different thing than going to, you know, a bar that's open, whatever, five days a week. Yeah. And it's just, there are all these little venues um, for all types of performances. Like, I love The Attic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like not enough people know about The Attic or, like, what a cool little intimate space that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a lot of, like, comedy and drag and burlesque up there. But uh, there are so many. I mean, you mentioned King Eddie, which is fantastic and mm-hmm. such a cool, unique, old-school building. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's all these other little ones that uh, people 
they probably most neighborhoods have something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they may just not be aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much more because of like Calgary, as you know, has a huge uh, craft brew yeah. scene, right? And that there's something that goes just like hand in hand with a, a small owned business like that wanting to and actually like promoting, you know, booking live music. Yeah. And, you know, Born has been uh, a huge one for that. And uh, Best of Kin, yeah. you know, they, they have me in quite often as well. And like, it's just such a different, like, venue experience when the, like, person who books you is, like, also the owner of yeah. this brewery. Yeah. <laughs> right? When, you talk, when you're talking to the, the same person, it's not just some, like, email thread with some person you'll never meet. Yeah. So. It's it's nice when you can actually, oh, I'm actually talk, chatting to somebody who's in charge here. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. they're gung-ho for it. Like, it's. Everyone has a different level of yeah. commitment when it comes yes. to that then, right? Yeah. Um, is there any other venues you really love in the city? Um, or want to shine a spotlight on? Like Those are kind of my... Those are your kind of main ones? Yeah, yeah. main ones. Um, like I have been... So I've been spending more time at Contemporary Calgary, uh, which is the like modern art uh, gallery. And they have some amazing like... Uh, event spaces within right. there as well because it's not just an art gallery they do have a lot of pop-ups so uh i've been working there in more of a sound tech uh role and just like events um and like making stuff happen within the space which has been really fun so i haven't actually been uh, they did contract me to be an artist there once for the like stampede pancake breakfast oh, i yeah. guess technically uh which was really fun but uh like i've worked on some really like fun events where there's you know uh, my friend uh, kevin who does uh gray screen is his um like music handle for that one and he does all of this like it's called it's chiptune so he basically like hacks into some super mario like video games on super nintendo oh. and like reprograms the music and is able to like control those sounds and like play it live. That's and, cool. Like play whatever he wants, yeah. right? He's just using the sounds from it um, and plays that live. So he's got this like real janky setup of like, yeah, Super Nintendo going into this VCR, going into this like keyboard controller, into this like old analog mixer. And I'm looking at this rat's nest of wires going like, <laughs> Kevin, you were the only person <laughs> in the world who can figure out what's going where and like, you know, <laughs> as a sound tech, I'm looking at that and like, I'm like, there's so many like fault areas. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, I have to run out and grab my secondary VCR because this one just like shit the bed. And I'm like, oh my God, like you're relying on this 1980s analog technology. And, you know, there's too much uh, bass from the subwoofer. It was yeah. rattling some of the cables out because they weren't making a like true connection. And there's, so there's just like stuff like that. But he played this like amazing show. There was a, a laser artist who was doing like laser visual backgrounds at the same time. What? And it was just like in the dome. So that like, um, it used to be the science uh, planetarium. Oh, yes, yes. So it's a really cool space. It's just this like giant like I went to 3D s- dome. Yeah, and I'm- so there's a laser show with this like chiptune, you know, artist playing inside of it. I think it was either through the Calgary International Film Fest or the Underground Film Fest. But I went and saw uh, Nostrafu, oh, okay. the, like the old school vampire That's movie. It's like one of the oldest movies oh, ever. Yeah. 
and they had it we they played it in there but they had a guy doing the music live cool it was such a cool neat experience um right and yeah i love those little things like Mm -hmm. this is just it calgary has some really cool stuff happening yeah and it's not that hard to find people just think that it's not there yeah yeah, and there's, I think, I can't remember exactly what it's called. I think it's like Calgary's, Calgary Young People's Club. Yeah. And so that, they like I'm just out. go I'm on. Too old. <laughs> like, I don't know how, I'm a 33 year old, I'm a 33 year old gay man. That's like 70 years old. Okay. <laughs> You've got enough social life, uh, you know, tickets on your calendar yeah. to fulfill. But yeah, there's like all sorts of groups that you can be involved with. Yeah. And even it, like, man, if you just chose a different, you know, craft brewery to go to every week or every month, uh, you know, depending on your drinking habits, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you could just explore so much of the city that yeah. way. And I think a lot of, um, cause I have worked in, you know, tourism and worked in, you know, I, I love to consider myself just a Calgary tour guide yeah. when I have friends or, you know, people who are visiting me and I'm like, and on the left, we see the confluence of the bow and the elbow <laughs> rivers, uh, you know, and just, kind of acting is that I love to give people restaurant recommendations yeah. and I love, you know, to just like help people have an amazing experience when they're visiting here. Cause I'm just like, look, I've, I've done the research, you know, it was thankless uh, having <laughs> to go to all of these breweries and yeah. restaurants. Um, but here's the information that I've uh, collected and like, I'm just happy to make someone's experience, yeah. you know, great when they're, when they're visiting and to just kind of expedite the process. It's like, you don't have to go to any of the, you know, any of the low rated, we don't do two stars. No. Yeah. Like no. I'm not sending any of the two star no, places. We're not sending you there. No. Well, I mean, I get that too. I have people message me whether they want me to host trivia for them for a private event or, um, they're looking for a party or, mm-hmm. or even musicians. I've, I've had plenty of people message me on Instagram and I can say, Oh, well this, this place is awesome. Uh, they've got the perfect size event space for you, what you're looking for. This one might be too small, but if you, no, you'll have less people. This would be perfect. Uh, oh, if you're just looking for this, this, they mm-hmm. have this private space so that you don't even need to book the whole thing. Right. It's just, it's it's fun to just share and showcase. Whether I'm a part of it or not, I'm just right. like, there's all these cool places. Yeah. Go do it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, I know why it's become important for me, but what does it mean to you to be an openly queer performer here in this province where sometimes they're we don't seem to be welcome it's or you have the government making right you have a person making a stupid choice sure um yeah i mean it's it really depends which like spaces you're in and which scenes you're you're a part of and i like to be able to like I'm, I feel very grateful that I have the kind of, like I have enough talent to back me being able to go into these spaces and change people's minds. Right. Because I think a lot of people like to hold on to this bias that queer people are somehow different or less deserving or less than. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm quite personable. Yeah. I like to I like to just have a good time and I think a lot of times if someone has you know that bias already that's ticked against me I really hope that by that engagement and those those songs and those you know we were talking about the the memories and the recall yeah. I'm really hoping that I can you know 
change people's minds a little bit uh, and use that. And I like I never use it as an actual soapbox platform. Right. Like I'm not I'm not there to I'm not talking about anything you know political on stage. Like I don't have. I don't have that much, um, but I'm hoping that just by me being me, it can, you know, change people's minds a little bit, yeah. whether it's a, you know, like I, um, I see a lot of like young queer people in the audience sometimes. And just like, I like for them to be able to see someone that looks more like them yeah, and not just like everybody else. Yeah. I think it's super important. And that's what I do. Like I just, I'll make those jokes as I'm hosting trivia about my dating life and I'll make it clear that it's about men. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm not taking five minutes to just say w- what's wrong with the world or anything. I'm just right. making, but if I can make these people just kind of laugh and go, hey, you know, he's a funny guy. Okay. Like, right. yeah. I mean, he's talking about a bad ex-boyfriend, but I can relate it with my bad ex-girlfriend. She did the same thing. So it's just kind of making people see that we're not different. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like I say, it it really depends what what genre and what like. There's so many little like subcultures, right? Within yeah. um, within any industry, uh, but especially the music industry, and I think especially in Alberta because there is such a like country music focus. Um, you know, and I have a lot of inside uh, intel. Like my partner is in was in a country music band. Um, you know, and there's a lot of spaces that I've like traveled to as a, you know, plus one then with her. Um, and I have a totally different experience than all of these like amazingly supportive places that I'm going to on my own. Right. And I think too, like seeing, you know, some of the perspectives from some of her bandmates as well, who are, um, you know, like very straight, very femme, very, you know, like they, they're not having an issue in any of these spaces. Right. Um, you know, other than the patriarchy, which yeah. is a whole other thing. Because <laughs> um, why would you want to take women in music seriously? No, that's silly. <laughs> um, but that's a whole nother podcast chapter, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Craig. Yes. You don't want to get me started on that today. <laughs> um, but, you know, I can see how different their experience is as being, you know, n- have, not having, you know, this queer outfit and hairdo and um you know following them and kind of being the thing that presents them uh and you know my partner who is like straight passing like she doesn't you know present as a queer person um and you know she'll try to do really like ally things and like always wear some sort of little ribbon uh, rainbow pin yeah uh or you know have something that is you know like making it a little bit more obvious or like participating, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you know, it, it's, it's a different experience when you're like, when you're not just, yeah. When you're not this much. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it, it, it's a little bit disappointing sometimes in some of those spaces um, for, yeah. I'll, I'll throw a little bit of shade on, on country music for that. Cause yeah. I know, and it's not just my experience. There's a lot of artists who have had a really hard time. Um, and it's just not something, you know, that's, that's supported or celebrated, I think a lot within that industry. It's- and there's a little bit more like headway coming with that. Like my friend, Amy Heff, who is, you know, a very openly queer, um, you know, country artist. She's, yeah. um, doing great things. I think, you know, Amy yeah, as well. Yeah. And, 
you know, it's nice to see her be able to make that kind of, that kind of headway and like, you know, fight, um, fight that battle. But it's not as, not as common. No, it's, it's still such a struggle. I mean, you just see it on the big, the big spectrum of country music and you have, I mean, you have these artists trying to change that and it's still so backwards and, um, hopefully we'll get there because music should be for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's so many great songs out there that everybody should be able to sing and perform and be about whatever. Um, so hopefully that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, you know, with you were kind of alluding to the government intervention and, you know, I'm I'm curious to see what the bait and switch will be with it because, you know, anytime they want to really focus on these like super specific, like queer, whether it's rights or just like what we're up to, I'm like, it doesn't matter to you what we're up to. Yeah. Like just human rights are human rights. Yeah. Just let us do what we're going to do. Like it really doesn't concern you and you have no idea what it's like yeah. <laughs> to, to live our, like, you know, to live in, in our shoes. Um, so I'm, it's usually just a bit of the government, like trying to focus your attention and give you that, yeah. that distraction, like look over here while we're doing this. Uh, and meanwhile, we're going to do a whole bunch of stuff while you're not looking. Yeah. And it's just a way to get people to have something else to fight about instead yeah. of, you know, working together. But I mean, hopefully they get their head out of their ass and figure out that it's not for them to decide. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. As we start to wrap up, what are we? What are we hoping for? You know, we've just started the new year. What are we? What are we hoping for for twenty twenty four? Oh, twenty twenty four is going to have you know an amazing summer. It's going to have some great outdoor shows yeah. it's gonna have it must be so nice to perform outside oh it's my literal favorite thing yeah. to do and like yeah like playing music festivals in the summer is just it's it's top notch yeah and i've got some got some cool things unreleased on the way that uh, i'll be excited to tell you about when they Perfect. when they can be talked about um but yeah, this 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 coming year is going to be a good one, I think. Yeah, and it's taken just a little bit of like patience to you know reformat and refigure out what I'm up to. And I've been working on some really fun projects. I've been working with a new artist called uh, named Robert Adam, uh, and so he's putting out some. I love Robert Adam. <laughs> you would. We're the most unconventional, uh, you know, couple ever. <laughs> Because uh, we're, I think Robert and I are about the same on the like gender spectrum, just backwards. Yeah. Like he's exactly the femme, uh, you know, man, as I am the mask woman. Yes. <laughs> so it's a, yeah. I'm going to have to, I, Robert was on my like OG podcast. I'm going to have to. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Years ago. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I've been but, having a really nice time playing with yeah. him. And uh, yeah, we, we've got some stuff coming up this summer and he's got a new album on the way. So. It's going to be some some really fun stuff. But yeah, 2024, I think, is going to be great. It's a real year of new beginnings and uh, fresh starts. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, and then my final question, I'd like to ask everybody, what's awesome? What's awesome? You know what? Like sitting here across the table from you, Craig, I'm having a nice time. You know, anytime I've ever, we've done, um, you know, quite a few events and stuff together. And you've always been such a a kind supporter uh, and 
I mean, who can not smile when you're smiling? <laughs> uh, so well, you're awesome. Thank you. You're awesome. I, I knew as soon as I was bringing the podcast back, I was like, Melody needs to be one of my first few guests. Didn't get to be the first one because oh, well. we're busy. And I love that about us because <laughs> you're so super awesome and Thanks. you deserve everything and be busy. And I love all that. Thanks. Um, so if people want to learn more about you and follow you. Yeah. Melody Stang Music. You know, Instagram, uh, Facebook, if you're still into that. <laughs> See me out there on the socials yeah. and out there in real life, ideally. Yeah, summertime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some outdoor fun. Yeah. Well, uh, or if you see her at a farmer's market, give her jam. <laughs> or give me a potato. <laughs> <Or> yeah. <laughs> Love a potato. <laughs> give me that potato. <laughs> Oh, yeah, thanks for having me, Craig. <laughs> thank you, Melody. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and uh, thank you all for passing time with me. We'll chat soon. Bye. <laughs>